Welcome to another episode of the brand called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, I'm privileged to welcome someone who, in his own words, is a digital practitioner. Prashant Chalapali, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashtosh. So happy to be here. Thank you. Prashant is the CEO of Gravity Integrated. He has led agencies and brands for 22 years. He's co-founded two digital agencies. He's a blogger, biker, and interestingly, he collects comic posters and action figures, and we can see some of them behind him right now. So Prashant, what would you say are three key milestones in your career or your life? Uh, The first, I would say, which really changed my life was in 1996 when I said, Bombay is going to be where I'm going to live my life and build a career for myself. Mm-hmm. I just finished my graduation. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was walking out on Marine Drive and just got inspired by the energy of Bombay. I, I come from Hyderabad. I grew up in a very small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, Bombay was inspiring. And I was like, this is the place I want to come. And this is where I'll build my career. Um, so that was my first turning point. Mm-hmm. 1996, uh, when I made that decision. The second turning point, uh, it's, it's a mix actually. The second one would be when I started in 2009 after 11 years in mainline agencies like Lowe, Ogilvy, Y&R, uh, Lintas and Publicist. When I started a digital agency called Jack in the Box Worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the real turning point for me and especially with relevance to the, the entire podcast that you have, which is the brand called you. For me, the turning point came in 2011, November, when I created this campaign uh, with my team at Jack in the Box called uh, Collaborating. Okay. Right. Uh, that by itself is a separate interesting story. Uh, but Collaborating really turned, uh, uh, there was a big milestone in my life. I would say the second biggest milestone in my life. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were talking about, you know, earlier. So why don't you tell us about this milestone also? Okay, so uh, we were handling a lot of clients in Jack in the Box. One of the mm-hmm. clients were handling was Sony Music. Mm-hmm. We used to handle three, four different labels for them. Uh, Sony Music International, the Bollywood, which is India, and then South. Mm-hmm. Uh, one night, my, my team was sitting in office working late and they happened to see something on a video on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my team had a mix of people from everywhere in India, Tamilians, Maharashtrians, Punjabis and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So they clicked on this video which popped up on the news Facebook news feed, news feed and they were like headbanging to it. They, then they clicked the like button and uh, it was a song called Kolavari D. Um, I've heard this. Yeah. And uh, suddenly they get a call from the client saying, what the hell are you guys up to? This this is a disaster for us because this was a big stakes production. The film. Rajnikan's daughter, uh, his son-in-law, Kamal Hassan's uh, daughter, all of these guys were involved and somebody had stolen a copy of the song's master tape okay. from the recording studio. What happens in the South and you know, because I come from the South and I, I, one half of my family has been in the film business for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Fans are so obsessive, especially in Tamil Nadu, that they know exactly which song is getting recorded at what time and which song. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right? So somebody managed to get their hands on it and they made their own version of a video and put it up on Facebook. Amazing. The client called us and said, we take that, delete that video. And we were like, you can't delete a video that somebody has posted. We can't even trace who's posted this. And you know, this is 2011 when, you know, the tracking tools and all that are not as advanced. And there were no, there were no you know, laws about online presence back then. Hmm. So uh, 
We were like, what do we do now? So, you know, we sort of, we said, okay, give us some time. And then we went back and told them the best thing to do, because this this song has a year-one quality about, uh, about it, is go back and, you know, just give us a proper video for this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it, even if it means that, you know, it's like one of those videos where you're going into the recording studio and just, it's a video of people, of these guys recording the song, just give it to us and we will see what we can do with that video. Mm-hmm. So this took about three days and then we got this video. And the only thing we said was that we said, um, please put subtitles on the song mm. because you know it's half Tamil, half English or Tanglish as you call it. Um, some of it people could understand, some of it the, the, the Tamil friends they could understand. But we mm-hmm. said, let's take the karaoke example and put subtitles on it. Mm. So it became a karaoke version of the song and uh, Sony usually monetizes all the music videos or songs with that download ringtone. Back then there was a download ringtone thing, right? Mm-hmm. And we realized the biggest hook about this song was that this whole phrase, why this collaborative? Mm-hmm. Right? He said, if we can get people to just click on the YouTube uh, you know, link, mm-hmm. our job as an agency is done because then the song will take over. So we started this entire you know, digital uh, campaign process where we put out tweets, we were sending emails to college friends, school friends, you know, people we haven't spoken in a long time. The whole point was we were putting out messages like you haven't spoken to me in six years, hashtag by this collaborative and a link to the mm-hmm. link. So we created a lot of these kind of tweets and, you know, emails and we sent it out and we said, let's just make people curious about what the hell is Sony Music talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Back then, YouTube considered any video which got 1 million views as a viral video and usually it used to take one month. Uh, and we were told we would have zero media money put behind this. Mm. Uh, this was actually an exercise in crisis management. Correct. Right. Uh, we saw a million views in about three days. Right. Um, and then I think on the fourth or fifth day, Anand Mahindra tweeted this and then Amitabh Bachchan picked it up. Then we suddenly got a, uh, somebody replied on the Sony Music handle from Japan mm. uh, with a video link of this bunch of people in Japan, in Tokyo, I think, you know, doing, uh, working out in a gym to the song. Amazing. We're doing aerobics. Mm. And we got another video from Spain where the father was recording his sons in his backyard dancing to the song. Wow. And then we got to know that some FM station in Texas played the song. So that was the first radio station to play the song. Mm. And then when Amitabh Bachchan sort of tweeted this, it just people went completely berserk. Then PR then and then uh, I think all hell broke loose after that. Mm. Uh, so that's the real story of Kolab. Uh, I think the biggest thing is not just that it went viral and we, till today maybe it's one of it's the biggest viral that's come out of India. Mm. It just broke through to common <coughs> everyday usage. Collaborate why this collaborative? Even today you will see memes about this. Mm. Uh, I think anything which sort of breaks through into popular culture and becomes part of your daily conversation and daily language. Hmm. Uh, for me, that was the big success for Kolavari. I mean, you can always look at YouTube news and say whatever, but I think if you can you have impact on culture, that for me is the biggest uh, brand building exercise. Fantastic. So yeah, that was my second turning point. Yeah. And I would say the third turning point was probably sometime late, uh, early last year when I said... Um, after 22 years with doing digital and doing mainline, I was like, so what's next? Um, uh, and for me, uh, one of the key words which I, I have personally followed as a, my own career mantra has been, I don't worry about success or failure on a daily basis. I worry about, am I going to be relevant tomorrow morning? Okay. Right. So uh, 
that's the reason why I moved from mainline to digital in 2009 because I saw the world shift. And now I saw this shift happening slightly like two, three years back when a lot of business leaders I was working with, founders, CMOs, CEOs, um, they started in, in offline conversations they were, and everybody calls me PC. So they were like, PC, yeah, yeah creative agencies are good at TVC, digital agencies are good with digital, but nobody seems to be interested in looking into my business and helping work with me or with my team on the real business challenges we face. Mm -hmm. So that realization came in and I was like, I realized suddenly that as an agency, whether you're a creative agency or a digital agency, you're worrying about what is my next big Facebook campaign going to be? What's my next television commercial going to be? A CEO or a founder is not worried about those things. Mm -hmm. They don't go to bed and wake up worrying about what's my next Facebook post going to look like. They only worry about two things. Is my brand going to be relevant two, three years down the line? How am right. I creating my brand and building it? Two, how am I doing my business? How am I going to get my top line and my margin? Mm. Because the CEO's job is to be responsible for stakeholders, right? And the founder's job is to ensure that he gets funding and he scales. Mm. Um, and if these two are the key problems, and you know whether it's your CEO or a founder, they are the guys who write the check. Mm. The real power is sitting there, right? So I said, how do I talk to these guys and and that's when the whole idea of gravity integrated came about saying we want to help you scale your business right mm -hmm. so i i believe that the 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 only challenge worth solving is a business growth challenge mm -hmm. um, so that's how gravity integrated was born and that's okay. that's the third big turning point in my life uh, we are still a work in progress company as i said i'm not chasing success i'm i'm sort of the whole idea of gravity also evolved with me writing to a lot of friends who are CMOs or CEOs or founders and sending them many multiple drafts of what the vision for the company is and them helping me out and saying, oh, this works, this doesn't work and all of that. Very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, we're doing um, Great I'm stuff. reasonably well where we are today. Um, Very nice. Yeah. So, you know, you, you mentioned when I was reading uh, about you, you said that you help clients create sustainable growth engines. Help me understand this. So there are two parts to what we do, right? One mm -hmm. part, what we do is we work with early and mid-stage startups. And in some certain cases, we have, I won't even call them client, uh, clients, they're individuals who have a vision for a company they want to build and they came to us with an idea on paper and we help them bring that to life, mm -hmm. right? Uh, in, in one case, in fact, we are actually working with a client on setting up his entire business and marketing team. What mm -hmm. should be the structure? Who are the kind of people you should look at? Mm -hmm. Then looking at how should manufacturing be? Is it contract manufacturing? Is it like, do you want to have your own facility? Then looking at the entire distribution logistics of it. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the whole brand positioning, brand strategy, then communication and media and all of that. So... We call that a sustainable growth engine because we are involved right in the beginning. Uh, we're helping them build a platform for themselves, whether it's a tech company or it's a FMCG company. Because you know today, literally anybody can start an FMCG company with three people sitting in a room. Everything right. can be outsourced, right? Mm. Um, the second part is where we work with larger brands, uh, fairly well-established large global brands where there are very specific mandates, uh, whether it's a digital mandate or whether it's a technology solutions mandate. Um, because we don't identify ourselves as a digital agency or a creative agency, mm. we call ourselves a hybrid. We are a hybrid between a business consulting firm and a digital communications company. Right. 
for therefore for me a sustainable growth engine is anything which helps you build your business in the long term mm. uh, um, and that's that's the key area of interest for us a lot of the conversations that we are having a lot of the work that we are doing is also in that space okay the social media digital is just if i look at the overall revenue of my company that could probably be about 20 25% of it Hmm. A large percentage of it is coming from these kind of strategy execution. Whether it's a technology platform, last six months we've been building something for Dell mm-hmm. uh, globally, right? Uh, it's a it's a it's a massive platform we're building for them, which helps them. The global teams across the world, um, they they've got something called as a smart cities initiative. Mm-hmm. So they work with local governments and national governments in digitizing cities. I mean, you digitize a huge amount of hardware and software involved. So this is an order management and inventory system which they didn't have before. Hmm. So things like this. Um, so now tell me, you know, uh, as a digital agency, how are you different from the traditional brick and mortar agency which you must have worked on in the past? I'm not a digital agency. Okay. So uh, see, the easiest thing in the world for me was to start a digital agency five years back. Hmm. what i realized is that i had nothing different to offer as a digital agency my model was nothing different um i mean if you look at the top 5 creative agencies or top 5 digital agencies in india mm-hmm. they all have very similar strengths right everybody is one awards everybody has done great work mm-hmm. everybody has big brands mm-hmm. right if i believe that because of my reputation in the industry i will just start a digital agency and clients will start coming mm-hmm. uh it would be very egoistic of me to do that sure sure so that's the reason you know i never started a digital agency and that's the reason why we don't call ourselves a digital agency okay so then let me let me ask you a question differently uh you involve yourself in the financial planning and operations planning in addition to branding and advertising yeah how does this work i mean you're obviously partnering with every client yeah because you know I, uh, gravity is not just about me i have two other co-founders right mm. so one is uh, 20 years of experience in brand and business strategy across agency and client side both mm-hmm. in india and southeast asia he also happens to be my younger brother mm-hmm. and the third partner is a hard, veteran mar- marketing uh, business marketing guy with about 22 years of experience across companies like philips png gulf mm-hmm. and super kings uh, all of that so you know the three of us play three different roles um while i'm also the ceo because you know the pnl is my headache mm-hmm. um when it comes to talking about things working with clients on financial planning distribution systems and all that it's my third partner who, who steps in and leads that conversation mm-hmm. uh because you know i i come from an advertising and digital background if sure. i look at potential client i will help you do your financial planning you look at me and laugh mm-hmm. say, how what do you understand about financial planning from a So I think it's about having different skill sets that you don't have, uh, and that's how we. Uh, and it's not every client we work with wants financial planning and you know business strategy, mm-hmm. but we realize that there would be clients who would want that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, today, because companies are being formed by people who would never expect that they would ever start a company. Correct. Um, so yeah. Okay. And my next question, again coming back to gravity itself, again from you know a quote from you that you are outcome faith, uh, focused and not output focused. Yeah. Help me understand. Does this mean that you are also willing to work with on a revenue share basis? Yes. You are okay. Yeah. So you know, when you define yourself as an agency, you are saying I do this. Hmm. I will do this for you. This is what I do. But when you don't define yourself as an agency. and you define yourself as somebody who's interested in growing your business mm. 
I, as I, I'll go back to what I said about a CEO or founder's you know, dilemma or problem is mm-hmm. they want outcomes. They don't want outcomes. See, nobody cares how hard you work. They only care about what is the impact that the work has had. Correct. Right? So as a result, we don't ask for briefs. Mm-hmm. Right? I never ask a client for a brief. I see. Because when you ask a client for a brief, the client is already telling you what he wants or mm-hmm. what she wants. Mm-hmm. Then you're trying to match up to those expectations, right? Right. I tell clients, you know, give me a business challenge that you have, which you're struggling to solve. Maybe I can find a solution and then okay. I will execute that for you and I'll be responsible for the outcome. Mm-hmm. So give me a challenge, but also tell me what is your success metric when we implement the solution for this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, when you get into that mindset, uh, you sort of get clarity about what is the kind of work you want to do and what is the kind of work you do not want. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not so easy from a business perspective because this is again very new to people. They were like, what are you talking about? Right. But I found the same reaction when I started Jack in the Box in 2009. Mm-hmm. And people who told me you were doing well in advertising, your career is finished, why are you going into digital? Digital doesn't have a future. What are you going to do? Uh, sometimes you have to sort of place your bets on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's, that's what I'm doing. Um, this will play out, I guess, in the next six months to one year. You know, nothing speaks like success, right? Correct. It doesn't matter how much I talk about this. What matters is, is there a piece of work I can put out which can actually prove that my model works? Hmm. So right now, it's all about me and my team putting our heads down and saying, just let's just work on what we have. And we've got a couple of case studies in the next two, three months. That, that's amazing. I mean, you're the first person and I've been in branding for many, many years. You're the first first person who says, tell me what your problem is. Otherwise, the standard answer is tell me what you want me to do. Yeah. You know, that's fantastic. So I'm going to move on, uh, your PC. Um, as you're building this absolutely incredible new uh, organization called Gravity, with where you're wanting to change the entire paradigm, what are some of the core values you want to believe in? So, uh, great question. The first thing we wrote down is our core values. Hmm. Uh, because my, my personal belief has always been that values is not something you write on a wall in a fancy script and leave it there. Correct. Values for me is everyday behavior. They have to turn into everyday behavior and their everyday behavior as a person and as a team becomes the culture of your company. Mm-hmm. So for me, my culture is very important. So the three, I have three values, mm-hmm. accountability, transparency, and diversity. Okay. Uh, that's why we say we are outcome focused and not output focused. Mm-hmm. If you're giving me a certain project or if you're interesting with a certain thing, I am going to be accountable for what happens with that. I'm not going to say uh, we've done everything, but somebody else screwed up or somebody else. Now, obviously, you also need to find clients who think like that as well and who are willing to sort of work with your hand in glove and not say, sit across the table and I will judge you. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, transparency is about saying, if I can do this, I will do this. If I can't do this, I will not do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Transparency also comes from saying I need to make X amount of money, right? And I need to make X amount of profit because I have salaries to pay and nobody starts a business to be a charitable institution. Mm. Diversity uh, for me is um, skill sets, uh, people, geography. So when we said we will be a permanently work from home company, I have, I work with people in Europe. I work with people in, in the Gulf countries. Uh, we want to sort of start talking now to the US market. We want to start talking to the Southeast Asia market. Uh, so you are basically open to inviting uh, skill sets which you traditionally would not look at 
um and for me i think that is what is helping us sort of learn new things and do new things um diversity is also in the way you think about clients so i have a client who's heavily into retail technology it's an amazing product that they've come up with we are scaling that we're building up you know a brand positioning and all our communication piece for them but i also told them you know listen i want you to be my tech partner because the technology you have is amazing i want access to your technology and now on a couple of large global projects they have become my tech partners mm-hmm. right so i think when you diversity for me is about opening up your mind to possibilities whether it's skill sets or people or geographies or or the kind of work that you want to do mm-hmm. so yeah these are my three these are my three values very interesting so prashant i'm now going to move to the last segment which is some questions for you personally i think i have time for two maybe three questions my first question is that for someone who seems to be constantly changing the paradigm you know reinventing himself repeatedly as you look back from where you are and as you look ahead what does success mean to pc uh when i came to when i decided to come to bombay right i promised three things to myself which i defined as my, as what success would be mm-hmm. i said i want to be respected yeah i want to be famous and i'm very shamelessly saying this because mm-hmm. you know if people don't know you then what's the point of working for pinas at correct but i said i want to be rich mm-hmm. right for me those those three were meant success and that's i'm talking 25 years back sure. 25 26 years back today success for me means success for me is translated into that single word that tomorrow morning when i wake up or day after tomorrow one year down the line people still want to talk to me clients still want to work with me mm-hmm. no matter what i'm doing that i will still find a way to do business and so that word for success today for me means i'm consistently and constantly being relevant to my, me my company my team and to my clients fascinating um, and i always i believe that you should always chase relevance success will come and then the money will come but if you chase money or you chase success um, you may get neither my personal philosophy mm-hmm. i mean i'm not saying this works for everybody or this is a written in stone but this works mm-hmm. very good my next question is is for children and, and i'm just i'm not necessarily the right thing but i'm going to relate it to your passion for collecting comic posters and action figures um and all all the, the things that i'm seeing behind you i'm also very fascinated with my question to you is that if you pc were a role model to millions of children who closely followed you and your life choices what is the one thing you would change in yourself um i would say that when you're growing up when you're a child right you all children have certain hobbies certain passions when you start working you throw those hobbies aside because you know the success and money and you know buying a house and a car getting married children they become important but i think the uh, my my one thing i would change is that i would not have given up some of my hobbies because i used to paint i used mm-hmm. to make plays and i used to act uh, by, when i was a child or when i was in school uh, i wish i hadn't given up those hobbies and somewhere Six seven years back, that's where my I started again collecting comics and posters mm-hmm. and action figures and all of that. So uh, I would, in retrospect, I would not have changed. And uh, I don't know if I'll ever become a role model for children, but if there are children, I would say don't give up that hobby that you really love because that's yes. what will always be at some level keep you happy throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, work can come and go, companies will come and go, happiness will come and go, but this is something which is you. that yes. you really uh, have amazing 
And my last question to you uh, is who or what inspires your, you to keep pushing yourself to do so many different things? It might sound very pompous. Honestly, I don't have role models. Okay. Um, I don't believe you can ever look up to somebody and hope to be like them because you can't be them. Mm-hmm. For me, my inspiration has come from my own failures, mm-hmm. uh, from my own dissatisfaction with what I'm doing. So for me, what happens is that when I get very comfortable in a role or in a company or in a job, I start questioning, am I learning anything, right? Am I, am I just dialing in my work? And it happens, you know, when, when you do something for so long, you, people say that, oh, you're really good at what you do. And then you realize that your brain is not working as much as your hands and legs are working. Mm. So for me, my question has always been, am I using my brain enough? Is my brain expanding enough? Am I learning new things? As I said, it might sound very pompous, but for me, my inspiration has always been, am I too comfortable? And and what have I learned from this failure? Very nice. So, yeah, that's that's what keeps inspiring me. Very nice. Prashant or PC, thank you very much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I wish you, Gravity, and everything else that you're doing, lots of success. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. It's been a very, very... um, I think sometimes talking about stuff that you're doing also helps you clarify things in your head. So thanks for giving this opportunity and had a great time talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.